Good morning. Welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberleif, uh, Vikings Ter- Senior Writer at VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com, and that's Mark Craig. He's the uh, NFL Insider and Vikings Writer for the Star Tribune and the StarTribune.com. Mark, I looked outside today, and, you know, uh, it's it's a perfect day for OTA. So what did the Vikings get in the draft? Yeah, I'm just... yeah, yeah. How many mock drafts are you up to now, Joe? You know, <laughs> I have every quarterback in the country going one through 253. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's definitely golf weather to play golf yeah. in January and February here. But in the past week was nice. Uh, How about that? Yeah, the the machine rolls on. There is one game that they have to get rid of that the Vikings don't have to worry about. But um, it's always football season, Joe. <laughs> yeah, one game left in the year. Uh, the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that in in the third segment. But uh, right now, we wanted to take a little look at uh, the Vikings going forward and and their and the free agents, their free agents, and the free agent market, and see if there's something out there for them. But uh, um, you know, looking at it today, uh, there's a I got a list up here of all the Vikings free agents and they got a bunch of them. And there's a, there's a big name at the top of the list and that's our old buddy, Kirk cousins. It uh, uh, says his age is 35.4. So he'll be 36 by the time the Vikings roll on. I mean, coming off a, a uh, Achilles tendon injury and uh, his, av- uh, his uh, salary, I think uh, was 35 million last year. Is that right? And uh uh, what do they have him for a market value of thirty nine point three million? Crap! What do you think of that, Mark? His market value is one penny more than Daniel Jones, I believe. <laughs> Seriously? So, and, and the Vikings helped create Daniel Jones's contract by losing to him and making him look like Steve, like a mixture of Steve Young and Joe Montana in that playoff game uh, two seasons ago. Now, so that uh, screwed up the whole market, huh? Yeah, he uh, the Vikings contributed. Uh, you know, some of that should have gone to Ed Donatel. Some of that money, uh, uh, but no, I, I would think that you know he's he's gonna he's gonna want the you know forty million, and uh, you know the Vikings. The way that they can do this is they they can bring their cap number. His if he walks away, like we've talked about before, he's twenty eight and a half million dollars. So it's you know in a perfect you know the way this all works financially with Kirk, especially with all the everything all tangled together is do you want him for 28? Uh, do you want to pay him, put the cap money on him at 28 and a half million, not have him, or do you want to do another, uh, you pay him 40, 40 and a half million or whatever. I'm, I'm almost positive that that's a sticking point about whether you, you know, when the team was thinking about extending him and they were talking about, we always oh, still want him, but they didn't do it. They didn't sign him. So they didn't put their money where their mouth is. And my and most people's guess is, or, or educated guess is that it, it's Daniel Jones that he's going to want that forty million. To, um, so you, you give that to him, but the, his cap number would come down. The way that they would structure the contract, you are kicking things down the road. But as I've said before, and other people I think are saying the same thing, it, it's that now feels like the time to do to to invest in your quarterback position like you've never done in the history of your franchise, where you pay a veteran 
as your bridge guy for two years, and you also move heaven and earth and get yourself a quarterback in the first round. And, uh, and then you have that guy for whenever, you know, Kirk's, if there's dead money down the road, you have a, you have a guy that you like, you know, that can transition. It's sort of the Green Bay way to do things. I know you guys don't like talking about the Green Bay way, but, uh, you know, you can do it that way sometimes. You know, I uh, Kirk came out with a statement recently saying that uh, he's got enough money, so it isn't about the money. In, in, in a strange fashion, he said that what it's about is what the money represents. So it, he's kind of talking about what you're talking about, I suppose, that it's more than Daniel Jones or it's more than this guy. It's more, you know, the status that it gives him. And and I, I just want to say to him, <laughs> yeah, it's not about the money. Okay, but I mean, yeah, and maybe it is the dollar amount. He still wants the max, you know. I mean, it's always, it's not about the money, but it is about the money. It's about respect and how do they get their respect it's money. Just yeah. like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers a few years ago was going to retire and it wasn't about the money. It was about, or I don't know if he even said that. Uh, I don't know if he could say that with a straight face, but about respect. And he ended up getting his money. Then he won an MVP uh, or two. Um, so he ended up, you know, making, uh, deserving that money. But yeah, I mean, there'd, there'd be no reason for Kirk uh, to, you know, say, oh, I'll take 30 million or I'll take a pay cut. Uh, he shouldn't have to. And, and in Kirk's mind, you know, for Kirk has to be sitting here thinking, why would I, you know, why would Kirk sign ahead of time and take himself out of the market? And as opposed to letting himself just, just see what happens. Let's see who comes at him with what kind of money and what kind of uh, opportunities is he looking at? And he, you know, it may look better. You know, I, I know it's hard to move the family and everything, but um, if I was Kirk, I would let it, play out a little bit i wouldn't yeah. be in any hurry to to put my name somewhere i mean if there's one thing we know about kirk he's a good businessman uh and he, and he gambles on himself like uh, like no other and he succeeded in doing that like no other uh so you know it's almost this isn't just the vikings decision this is also kirk cousins decision yeah and you know with that 28 million dollar cap hit of dead money there's if he's not on the team there's no way to finesse that with Rob by Rob Brzezinski you just have to flat out pay that 28 million right i mean if he's gone yeah. you can't do anything anymore. yeah i listened to bill you know bill Pullen on on, on serious uh, talking about it. it's not how much you pay it's how much you get stuck um it's not how much you pay a guy to play for you it's how much you get stuck paid paying a guy not to play for you, and, <laughs> you know, and that, that's, you know, that, that happens. That's and more and more teams are, are more and more aggressive in, in what they can handle dead cap money wise. I don't know if some of that has to do with the, you know, the, the TV rights, TV money is going up. So the cap will keep going up and you can take more on like that. Um, whatever it is, you know, you're seeing teams do more and more of that, but you still, you know, especially when you have a team like this that has, you know, so many things that you want to do to try and keep pace with the teams around you. Uh, right, right. You know, these are things they have to do. In order, you know, they got to pay a lot of money. It sounds ridiculous, but they got to pay more money to, to the Kirk Cousins and to Neil Hunter and and Justin Jefferson to, to bring the, the money down uh, to where they can, you know, fill other holes. So the cap money. You know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, – uh, you know, uh, your colleague, um, Jim Suhan wrote an article, I think yesterday's paper, uh, about saying that the Vikings should and could pay Kirk Cousins to Neil Hunter 
and uh, uh, Justin Jefferson and get those guys locked in. And he said it would actually be an advantage to their cap to sign them because then they can kick some money down the road and yeah, I mean, that's the cap and, and that whole thing. It, it, it was kind of fascinating. And so it's like, it comes down to in maybe in my mind that, you know, these guys have a decision to make Quasi and certainly Kevin O'Connell is, you know, how are we going to fashion this team? They certainly want to Justin Jefferson going forward, but those other two guys who are really valuable to their team, Daniel and Kirk, um, you know, they're saying they could, they could keep them do, do this Quasi. Do they, I mean, do they, it's the competitive rebuild is over. They almost got to kick in and, and rebuild now. And, they have a decision to make on that. You can sign those guys. You can, you know, uh, finesse their cap number to keep them and build a team around them. I don't think you're going to be able to build a uh, a Super Bowl team that way, but you can keep winning and staying in the middle of the the draft. I don't know. It's it's a real big decision. Any any thoughts on that, Jim? Well, that you put out there. Well, the Daniel Hunter and a lot of that, you know, Jim was talking to, you know, uh, I think he does a podcast with, with Jeff Diamond. And yes, yes. I've talked about it a lot playing golf. And, you know, yeah, he's he's still very he still writes for the 33rd team and still very, you know, uh, not, he's active in, in following the league and, and talking and writing about the league. But, uh, you know, he's he's got a real sharp financial mind and about, uh, you know, figures of what it would take to get, you know, I think, you know, he, he and I are on the same page when it comes to what does it take for Kirk? It's one penny more than Daniel Jones. Uh, and and the, you know, I don't blame Kirk for that. That would, you know, I would say I'm, you know, I, I would need at least, you know, 40 million. And however you structure that, that that's, you guys take care of that. Um, but Daniel Hunter is not, I mean, Daniel Hunter can walk away and there's no dead cap money because they're done paying him. But <laughs> you need Daniel Hunter. You need a Daniel Hunter. He's not. He's still. Um, he's 28. Um, he's proven that he came back from his injury. He's proven that he does not get out of shape, or he, you know, he's going to be a force going forward for a few more a few more years. I think you can afford to pay him and have money go down the road. You know, the mm-hmm. signing bonus, and uh, you'd still have him in two or three years. Um, does Daniel? We don't know that Daniel. You know, Daniel says all the right things when he's in a press conference or he's huddled by reporters around him about wanting to be here. But he also did put in, you know, no, uh, no franchise tag, you know? So, and he just doesn't want, he's just tired of that contract that he signed in 2017 or 18 or whatever it was. Uh, he's been chasing that for years now and he doesn't, he doesn't want any more one year deals. He's got, this is his chance to hit one more out of the park. Uh, his biggest payday and, if the Vikings can't pony up or someone else who's maybe he thinks is a better team does, he may go there. But uh, where Jim is talking about, you save money is that uh, you know what you have in Daniel. Um, you, you extend him, you give him the money, you know, maybe not that he wants, but you give him enough to show him the respect and give, make him really high paid. So you don't have to go out and, and search and, and have to settle for a Marcus Davenport. Uh, I'd rather have Daniil at $20 million, which he was this year, as opposed to Marcus Davenport for $13 million. Uh, Daniil's, uh cap number, or the market value, according to SportTrack, is, uh, uh, if I'm saying their name right, is $20 million, and he'll be 30 years old. And uh, uh, he, he, like you said, he's, he's, 
he's got plenty left in the in the tank i think going forward i don't know you know i mean it, it's always that decision you have to make we we suffered through a couple of those injury years with the neil hunter he looked really strong last year i think it's uh, it would be worthwhile. And like Jim Suhan's piece said, and, and you just reiterated, if you don't sign him, you got to get somebody else, you know, and you certainly don't want Marcus Davenport, who's the next guy on, on the list of Vikings free agents that uh, 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 you can say easily say goodbye to him. Uh, he uh, He's 27.4 years old and he is, he was worth, we paid him 13 million this past year. Uh, we say goodbye to him, don't we, Mark? Well, I think they said goodbye to him in about October. Uh, <laughs> we said goodbye to him at the uh, around around uh, uh, Halloween. Uh, you know, I, I think Daniel is, is he'll be twenty nine this year. So he's, well, I got he's, him at twenty nine point two. Is his age? He's he's already yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, so. he turns. I don't know if he's twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyways, he yeah. So. Uh, you feel comfortable giving him the money um, where he's at right now. Uh, you know, of course, anything can happen, but uh, I, I feel as comfortable giving him money as anybody in the league, you know, and trusting it for where he's at. Um, but, yeah, you know, DJ Warnham is a, is, a, is a free agent coming off of an injury. Um, Davenport, you don't want – you know, somebody, somebody else may, you know, give him a, a one-year prove-it deal for $10 million or whatever or $8 million. But that's somebody else's, you know, cross to bear. I would think. Uh, and then you, you you don't have anything. You have you have, you have Pat Jones, uh, who's a good backup, who's who's ascending. Uh, but you know you can't really do this. I know the defense is, has a lot of exotic looks and everything, but uh, when it was rolling, a lot of that had to do with what Daniel Hunter and then DJ Wonham stepping up. Uh, you need that right. You need those edge rushers. Right. Wonham is you know he's 26 years old and he's he they paid him a million uh just over a million dollars last year boy he you, you figure what he what's he going to be worth on the market coming off a quad injury well it's the quad injury it, it's a shame that that had to happen because he probably he won't get what he you know he was a guy he was at he was one of those uh you know those uh those uh, the fruit that's that's ripe for the you know the huge money being in the mid to late you know you're not even 28 yet you're you're heading toward 10 sacks uh, he was going to get a huge probably or not, you know, he's going to get a real big payday. Uh, now he probably ends up, I would, depending on how serious or what the timetable is for that recovery. Um, he's looking at possibly having to do one of those one year prove it deals somewhere. Maybe it's here, you know, it, it, it makes him, it's unfortunate for him, but fortunate, you know, just in the, you know, the hard knocks world of football, uh, it's for, fortunate financially for the Vikings, and maybe they get him back if they feel that he's he can uh, be, he can help them. Um, and then you know maybe it's a one year deal. I, I'm not sure, but it, I don't it certainly it isn't worth what he was had he not gotten hurt. Right. Let me throw a few more names at you here. Uh, another one who was pretty important on the Vikings on defense this year was uh, inside linebacker Jordan Hicks, who's who's 32 years old and uh, he made $5,000 last year. 5,000, 5,000, man. <laughs> he, he's got a, he's got a terrible agent. Yes, he does. $5 million last year. And, and the way he played the importance of him to us, to the Vikings, I think uh, they got, they got a nice deal on him. I, you know, he's getting up there, but you know, I think with, uh, with, uh, um, uh, 
Brian Flores coming back. And he was a big part of his defense. You know, the guy calling the plays out there. He got injured there in the late stages of the season, uh, uh, unfortunately, because that probably hurt the Vikings in their last last games down the road too. But I think I'd like to see him back just from the leader standpoint if he doesn't need to break the bank. What do you think about Jordan Hicks? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, covering Bill Belichick for five years in Cleveland, it was, you know, even – even started getting drummed into you then, you know, and he certainly did it with guys like Bernie Kosar, a quarterback. And that was a huge uh, cut in Cleveland that would rock the city. But, you know, to me, uh, you know, getting, you know, letting a guy go a year too early as opposed to a year later, uh, I guess in all cases, except for maybe Tom Brady, <laughs> that works. Um, hmm. But, you know, Hicks would be a, certainly be, I, you know, most of the guys I have on my list of those free agents are guys that's like cap friendly one year, uh, bring them back. Don't, you know, don't, don't have a lot of guaranteed money to them. I don't know if that's something Jordan Hicks is, you know, he's maybe he's more of a, a realist and knows like some, you know, some of these guys, as they got toward the end of their careers, uh, certainly by Brian Robinson, Greenway, they started taking less money and to come back. And I don't know if he wants to do that, but here's where not hitting in the draft kills you. You know, he's 32. You know, he gave you all he had this year. Uh, this is when a Brian Osamoa or your draft pick starts stepping up and, you know, that didn't happen. And so if you, if you, you know, until you start drafting, all this stuff, this is not going to work financially. Yeah. It's not going to work because that's the lifeblood of your team is these younger guys that are, you know, they're cheap, they're cap friendly. Uh, and the Vikings just don't have enough of them. And they get, if they don't start hitting the draft then none of this free agency stuff matters. But I would say a lot of those guys are in that, you know, affordable really you know uh daniel hunter and kirk are are really the only guys i have in the you know i would say uh, a must sign situation mm-hmm. um what do you think of dalton reisner we paid him three million last year uh he's 20 he's only 20 he's 28 and a half years old um played pretty good for them and they need some guards until they prove that they can either draft one or or, or sign one free agency. Uh, what do you think about bringing him back? You know, I got him on that, you know, if it's cap friendly, if it's team friendly, if it's, um, you know, I, I wouldn't go. I mean, I thought that when he came in, I, I, I was really impressed with the first few games that he had. Um, and if, you know, to me, here's where you get to get into this, you know, can, can they find someone somewhere else? Can they, um, you know, I don't know when he came in week two, three, or, you know, he came in after the season started. He was, uh, then he then he was on the practice. He was practicing for a while. Then he stepped in. Um, this team needs to build its its team in the off season. If you can find something that's better than him, and and then yeah, work that, work that. But if if he's all you got, and you and you got so many other holes, yeah, I would I'd bring him back. But I just wouldn't have a whole bunch of money tied up in him. I just I wouldn't. Okay, we got Cam Akers, running back, who's twenty four and a half years old. They paid him 1.5 last year. His market value is 4.1. He's coming off an ACL injury. Um, well, no, he, he had an ACL years ago, and now he's coming off uh, an Achilles. Achilles, uh, I'm sorry. That's right. I, that mean, was right. I liked his spark. I liked what he brought him a little bit, but he's got way too much damage for a running back for my taste. And, I, 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 you know, you can – I think you can find the running – not – I mean, they're not interchangeable like we were – like a lot of people were thinking coming into this season with, you know, oh, Addison or um, Alexander Madison will be a, you know, he's just, you can just flop him in and, you know, trade out of Dalvin Cook. Um, 
you know, not that I, you know, again, I always say that I wouldn't have kept Cook because he was too much money, and I think he had, it kind of was kind of spent. But uh, when I look at when I look at the uh, acres, I just feel like there's too many, too many miles, too much damage for a running back uh, for me to put any more money in, into him. You're right. The uh, Achilles tendon was the Vikings' Achilles heel last year. <laughs> um, I looked down the list a little bit further. Some I read about or heard about this weekend is K.J. Osborne. There's going to be someone interested in him. He's 26 and a half years old. They paid him under a million last year. and His market value has jumped up to 7.5. What do you think of that number, Mark? Well, I mean, it's as a cap number, as a as a cap, you know, as a cap figure number, that's too much for me. I, I would think it. I don't know how you finesse it and you get it. You get it down. Um, he's another one that I have in that. You know, I really really like the guy. He, he, he took us. You know, unfortunately for him, I feel uh, for him you know, in his contract year, he didn't. You know, we saw drops that we didn't see before. We didn't see as much production as we saw before. Um, so he's he's one of the guys that you know you'd like to have him back, but it, it, it only if it works, only if it works financially. And at seven, if it's seven five as a cap number, I would say no. Another guy in the receiving team that uh, is a free agent and had showed some value to the Vikings this year was Brandon Powell, twenty seven years old. They paid him one point two last year, and his market value is one point six. That's a pretty affordable number. Is it? Is he worth it to bring back here? Well, I think you bring him back as your punt returner and, and hope that you don't have to use him a lot as a receiver. I think he did some good things as a receiver, but um, a lot of that was just because there were a lot of there were injuries and, and stuff. And he ended up having to play. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, you're, I don't think you have to break the bank to bring him back. So yeah, I think it would be um, be good to see him come back. Let's see if there's anybody else that, uh, gosh, they probably got to bring back Johnny Munt. <laughs> he was he was the star and late in the season catching passes. I have to laugh. I, he'll probably be he'll probably be gone. Nick Muse is a free agent as well in the tight end room, and you've got all your money tied up in a guy, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, as a tight end who's coming off uh, ACL injury is that is that all he had or, or was or I guess no there's two surgeries he had he had the MCL as well and they had to wait for to have the surgery for the swelling to come down on the you know they I think they I read this and I don't know if you you saw this as well they they waited for the MCL to heal itself before they had the surgery on the ACL did you yeah so? yeah that's how they explained it yeah um, <clears throat> typically you, you you do find I mean it seemed like it was a long time for them to wait but yeah, you know, wait for swelling to come down and stuff like that. Um, you know, as far as Johnny Munt, I mean, again, that's that's one of those where, yeah, if you can, you know, I guess if you like him, and but it better be, it better be cheap, right? Uh, you know, where where they, you know, they went out last year. They're one of their bigger, you know, on day one they signed John, Josh Oliver, and I believe he's got like a six point two cap hit with a. Uh, if they if they were to cut him, you know the dead money is five point seven. Wow, uh, that sure seems like an awful expensive hire right now, considering it did nothing to help the running game, or you know virtually nothing to help the running game. He's a decent player, but clearly I think they overpaid for him. Um, you know some of these guys do they get restructured? Do they get um, you know Byron Byron Murphy? Are you are you on board with him making 
having a 10.2 cap number this year. Uh, obviously, you know, Harrison Smith, whether he decides to retire or come back, um, he'll have to do a, you know, a total re restructure because he, he's at like 19 million on your cap for this year. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of other things, a lot, a lot of financial things that they have that Rob Brzezinski will be making, he'll be making his, uh, his, his, his money, uh, earning his keep, uh, you know, here in the next few months. Uh, but as and another free agent that we haven't talked is Theo Jackson. I mean, yeah. Um, I think Theo Jackson and Nick Muse, you had mentioned with a free agent. I believe he might be restricted. I uh, might be. I can check. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's unrestricted, but you know, Nick Muse would be a reason why you don't, you know, you don't put any more money into Johnny Munt. Uh, uh, those aren't real high priority guys. And then there's going to be a lot of guys like Ole Udo, uh, Josh Dobbs. Uh, that, that, you know, yeah. What are you going to do with Dobbsy? Well, I mean, somebody will probably give Dobbs some. You know, I I still would like to have seen more. I would like to have seen um, uh, Kevin O'Connell do more with him after after the league caught up to him. Uh, mm -hmm. I just feel like that was that was O'Connell's. That was your moment. That was your moment to be everything that that you're billed as the quarterback whisperer, the offensive play caller, and it just it just fizzled, and uh, that that was disappointing for me to see that. Uh, but I think Dobbs has some has some ability. I, it probably costs you too much. I think because yeah. if they do it the way that, that that myself and a lot of people, you know, you 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 sign Cousins and you go after a rookie quarterback. I don't think there's room for to give any kind of money to Dobbs to be a veteran backup. His his uh, market value is six point seven million, um, which might be a little high. Boy, they got a lot of. Uh, a lot of folks. Uh, I mean, they they their their kickers are free agent. Uh, they're uh, um, they've got a number of linemen that are free agents: Schlotman and uh, Quisenberry, Brandle. Um, they've got so many decisions to make. So yeah, I mean, like like Quisenberry. I, I'm sure he doesn't cost much, but he's he's getting up there. I think he's in his early 30s. Um, I thought he did well when he, when he was called on. Uh, Blake Brandle is a guy. Oh, he's 33, Mark. He's 33. He may be 33 or 34, but I would take I take him or almost a, a lot of people other than Ole uh, Udo. Yeah. Um, you know, Joseph is a fascinating one. I mean, Greg Joseph. I don't. I frankly don't know where I stand on Greg Joseph because every time I start to feel like you can trust him, or I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. There's a miss, and it's like there's a lot of makes, but there's a lot of there's misses, and yeah. just, um, I feel like he's a guy. You know, I, I think he he did like a one year prove it. Deal. He might be in line for another one year prove it deal. I don't mm. think I don't think it's time to give him anything more than than another one year deal. I don't know. I mean, he may accept that. He may not. I don't know. Uh, you know, there. I think a team has holds the cards on that one. Yeah, he's twenty nine. He's twenty nine and a half years old, and. It seems like the younger kickers coming in, the, the 50 yard field goal is, is becoming more and more, I don't want to say routine, but you know, you're expected to make those kicks over 50. And as you get older, you're going to start probably making less of them um, if you haven't made them uh, regularly beforehand, unless you're Tucker or some of those guys that just never miss. But uh yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But anyway, we uh, that's a long list of free agents. There's more. The Vikings have so many decisions. It's going to be fascinating to see when they start doing it. But uh, let's take a break right now, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about more of the Vikings, and and, uh, and, and we'll hit that Super Bowl later. I already talked to you. 
Uh, come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown, and we'll do it then. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark uh, Mark was busy this weekend when he wasn't out golfing in, in uh, spring weather in February uh, to watch the Senior Bowl. Uh, Scouting, scouting some uh, potential draft picks for the Vikings. Mark, what did you see? There anything that caught your eyes? Anybody that can play quarterback that that was in that game, or did they all just say, "No, I don't want to play because I don't want to break my knee for for my draft position." Yeah, I think they were down to like you. You might have been next up for quarterback if uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I I turned it on. I thought Michael Penix would play, uh, but he yeah. didn't play. He, you know, he practiced all week and didn't play. Mm. Um, you know, Bo Nix, I mean, no, first of all, nobody jumped out. I, even the guy, the guy who won MVP, uh, Spencer Rattler from South Carolina. I mean, I think he went four for four for 65 yards and a touchdown. He might've played only one drive or one or two drives. Um, a lot of defense, uh, which, which might, it's what we can talk about here soon is that Durante Jones, I think was the defensive coordinator for one of those teams or the winning team, maybe, uh, an interview, uh, with the Giants as a defensive coordinator, apparently. Um, but yeah, the quarterback, Bo Nix, he's a guy that I feel like someone will, you know, he'll get put. I don't know if people are projecting him in for first round now, maybe down toward the bottom. Yeah, he'll be one of those guys that probably gets pushed up the board a little bit as we, you know, as this thing gets analyzed and overanalyzed and over overanalyzed. Um, I don't know. There might be something there with him. Uh, there's more there for him than there is the, the guy at Notre Dame that. The guy who has slightly better hair and better beard than than you and me uh, put together. Uh, Come on, man! And there's not a gray hair anywhere on this kid. Uh, so, um, <laughs> At least his it's head. hair. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. He I don't even know if, if he's a day three guy or whatever. But uh, uh, he he didn't look that great, and I didn't think he looked that good when I watched him when he was with Notre, uh, with Notre Dame playing. You know, uh, Joe Milton from Tennessee didn't look that good, I didn't think. So really it was like guys like uh, Luke McCaffrey, the receiver from Rice, um, Christian McCaffrey's younger brother, mm. um, Ed McCaffrey's kid. Um, I don't know. He looks, that, he looks a little McCaffrey. You know, he's, he's like he's skinnier or he's, he's like 6'2", 185. <laughs> but he looks like a guy, and I was trying to find out where, where to looking at him in the draft. You know, seventh round. I think he's one of those guys. If you get him in the seventh round, he, you know, I feel like he's gonna, unless he gets hurt or he's not, you know, durable, he's gonna make you look good in a seventh round pick. I, it's just the sense you have. Um, uh, the running back from Missouri, Corey Schrader. You know, just look like it. again. Running backs always typically all tend to look good, but he looks decent. And then this defensive tackle from Florida State, who I guess really had a good, great practices. Uh, and then he had a game. Uh, the morning of the game, he got switched from the uh, uh, American to the to the national team, you know, because the, the national team needed healthy or either healthier or guys who wanted to play. Uh, and he just he looked good. He just looked like he was fast off the ball. Um, he had a lot of more quickness than you see with what the, even what the Vikings have. I guess he's a mid round guy. I, I don't know. He he looked good to me. I'm so happy the guy. I don't know how they're going to get any of those guys because they're going to have to trade every pick they have in the draft plus a few from the next season and the next season to move up to get well, it. Mean, the ones coming from the next season will be, you know, if you if, when you package our packaging ones, 
Yeah. Another, another one, then you're looking at maybe having to do a three, depending on where, you know, where they're going or, or it, if it sounds like to go up these days, it, you know, when you see these, I don't know if they're mock drafts or just trade proposals, it's like, you'd have to give them this year's one, which is number 11, uh, next year's one, and maybe a two or, or even a two this year. And then, and then something after that, it's like to, to move up, to get, to get maybe even to the third position and then not get the quarterback you want. It, it is such, well, he, yeah, it's so scary to, you know, to do that. I mean, you're mortgaging the, you know, the Vikings have so many holes. I don't even know if they're in a position to, to, to do that. Well, I mean, like, you know, the 49ers did it and missed and whiffed big time on Trey Lance. I, they, they gave up a, a two ones and a three, you know, plus 12 to move up to the three got the third quarterback on the board. Um, now, obviously, he, you know, they gave up on him pretty quickly because the next year they took a swing in the seventh round, the last pick in the draft, and, and, and hit hit the guy that that they loved. So, um, but it's, it's a sign of what teams do. I mean, they, they just, you have to be aggressive. If you think that's the guy, you don't do it just to get right. – the two two letters that say QB. It has to be the guy with far as Quasi's concerned. Right. There's two problems with this with this scenario. One, it's do they think he's the guy? And two, uh, do they have the people that know that he's the guy? Now I would think they would with the with the with O'Connell and I would hope that Quasi would be smart enough uh, to let that decision or trust uh, O'Connell in that decision. Now, that's you think would make sense, but it was when your job is on the line, and uh, you know these coaches and GMs always come in saying they're on the same page. And I've never seen, unless they win a Super Bowl and they both retire or one retires, uh, I've never seen it end that way. Where like, oh, we're still, you know, there's always fractures. There was fractures with Zim, and there was fractures, obviously, with Zim and Spielman. Fractures in Cleveland with Mike Lombardi and Bill Belichick. It happens. You know, they start off stop telling you, they're laughing at you. Oh, you know, we're all on the same page. And uh, we always could do a consensus. Well, that's baloney. It, 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 you wouldn't be a human being uh, if there wasn't. You, know, you make a great point. I would love to see what, what, uh, that dynamic is in in that in those discussions because you know it has leaked out or whatever people have talked about that the whole discussion of last year between O'Connell and uh, Quasey was to O'Connell wanted Addison and he had to talk Quasey into it. I I think you know you better have O'Connell in on a quarterback discussion. He's he's been played the position. He's been in you know a quarterback coach. He he knows what he's looking for and. No, no offense to Quasi, but he's a numbers guy, and the numbers that any of these quarterbacks are are logging so far are in college. This is a completely different game. It's got to be somebody who who can who knows what the position takes at the pro level and uh, has seen it and 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 can make that evaluation. I would hope Quasi defers a little bit on a decision like this. Yeah, I would. I, I think he would. I think you know, last year with Addison, the the fear probably from O'Connell was, you know, that. Quasi, I think if it was up to O'Connell, you know, 10 seconds after they were on the clock, he wanted to turn the name in. And Quasi, I think, took that uh, 10 or 15 minutes or whatever it is now. Um, And I think O'Connell was afraid that someone was going to bait him, you know, bait Quasi into Ah. trading. Um, You know, I think O'Connell wanted to make the pick and he's afraid, you know, that's the impression I get. 
is that he, you know, was afraid that Quasi, someone, Quasi was going to get too trigger happy and trade it. And, uh, as he, he and with good reason from the previous year, yeah, <laughs> a notable notable mistake there. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know how it works. I mean, when you're sitting at eleven, uh, and you and the first three teams in in the in the draft are probably going to take quarterbacks. One right. of them is in your division, so they're they're not going to trade it to you. Um, so you know, and you know, the th thing is maybe. Maybe that maybe you get uh, New England if New England doesn't take a quarterback, which I I would think, you know, starting a new regime, you're going to take a quarterback. They you know they didn't, you know, Mac Jones was uh, had one good year and then, then regressed and um, ended up costing Belichick his job. And uh, so yeah, I would think that one, two, three is quarterbacks, and then that fourth one, do you trade up to to four to get him? Because then. You know what is that going to take? You know, right. I think Arizona's at four, and you know, at four, for if, if I'm at four, and I, you know, uh, the guy from uh, uh, guy from Ohio State, the receiver, uh, looks pretty darn good to me. Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. looks would uh, if you can get him at four, I think uh, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, and they don't need a quarterback, so they can they can name their price if there's somebody there that wants a quarterback desperately, like the Vikings do. To, but you know, would, yeah, but uh, you, they better not go back farther than five. If, uh, if they want to get him, yeah. They want, they, get, they want to get the next, you know, the best non-quarterback. They want to get the next Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, I mean, or the next Marvin Harrison. <laughs> Although this guy, <laughs> looks, uh, this guy, he is literally the next Marvin Harrison, So, uh, but he's bigger. Well, there's so much uh, speculation this time of year. It, it's fascinating to me. I mean, you know, not only after the uh, uh, the troubled first draft for Quasi, uh, the second last year's draft is is pretty good, especially what he did around it. You know, with a guy like Ivan Pace Jr. But uh, this one really comes in with a lot of pressure because there's so many holes he has to fill there's so many big decisions to make it will be fascinating as we go forward and get into march and start seeing what these free agents go i mean are they gonna do you think they're gonna build up a lot in free agency or um it is you know i guess they do have some cap space but uh the draft is going to be huge for them but they, they've got to fill a lot of those holes in free agency so that they can take some of their draft capital and move up and potentially get a quarterback, I guess. Yeah. And I, and I don't know where, you know, I don't know exactly where they're going to be against the cap, but when you look at certain, uh, you know, when I, like I said, the Harrison Smith, you know, being $19 million, obviously that's not going to be, he's not going to be on your cap for $19 million. Uh, Byron Murphy might do a restructure. I would think it, or maybe not, I don't know, but 10 um, there's, you know, there's ways, of, and, and if you, you know, Justin Jefferson getting a contract, yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money out of Ziggy and Mark's pockets, but it brings the cap number down. Uh, Daniil, um, if you can make a Daniil deal, um, you know, he would be less than what he caught, caught was uh, against the cap last year. Yeah. Um, oh, you had a $50 million signing bonus for Jefferson. How about that? Sign your name to a piece of paper, and they hand you fifty million dollars. That's a good gig. Well, you... it's it's always funny to you know, to, to you know these guys are. I mean that, that they if uh, if anyone who gets jealous of them and so thinks that they don't deserve it, then a 
if you're a football fan, you're, you're contributing to it because we all create this monster and the, and it, it it's what people want to see. And frankly, there are a lot of people that can do what they do. So like standing in front of Daniil uh, and joking with him about, you know, that last year during a game at the at U.S. Bank Stadium, he had a sack. It was like his first million dollar uh, bonus. And just like, it's like, yeah, it's kind of basically, how's it feel like to have one? You know, granted, they had to lead up. Yeah. He did, he's done in his life led up to, to something like that. But, you know, just to think, you know, uh, sack gets you a million dollars. And it's like, but for a guy like him, that's, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know, know, you know. Got to pay it all to Uncle Sam anyway. Uh, real quickly, we do a position discussion. We have been for the last few weeks here, and this week we wanted to talk about the safety position. And, and you already touched on a little bit uh, in the previous segment, talking about Marvin, Marvin, God, Harrison Smith. Marvin Harrison Smith. There's a yeah. name for you. Uh, Harrison Smith, who's, uh, you said, $19 million he's going to, he got last year, and, and he's probably on the, the cusp of, uh, retirement uh he he signaled to people at the end of the season he hasn't made a decision yet he's going to think about it for a while um something's going to be done with him and it's a shame either way i i think he's got a hall of fame career when he does retire and he's had a hall of fame career and uh uh loved having him on the team loved covering him he was always fun to talk to and so what what do you think you know i mean Real quickly, here's the here. I'll give you the names of the positions they got on the roster: Smith, Cam Bynum, Lewis Seen, the the trade we talked about earlier, Theo Jackson, Josh Metellus, and Jay Ward. Uh, how's that position going to change in the offseason, and what do you think will happen with Harrison Smith? You know, I think Harrison. Um, you know, if he plays, it'd be like probably be one more year here. I would yeah. think. Uh, so, and Harrison has in the past has taken pay cuts. Uh, took a pay cut before last year, I believe. Um, should talk uh, to his buddy Kirk and tell him, take a pay cut. Come on, dude. I don't think it, you know, it, it's all about the cap number, it's all about um, how, how do they structure his contract. <laughs> but I also think Harrison's going to sit and see what you know what the team does as well because he's not going to come back to go seven and ten, or you know, I mean, you can't, you can't predict exactly how a team's going to do, but if the team, if, if Say the, the signs point toward like, uh, you know, Daniil doesn't come back and they decide they don't want Kirk and uh, Jefferson doesn't sign. And it just sort of looks like a jumbled mess. Uh, maybe Harrison decides retirement's better than coming back and going six, five, six, seven wins. Uh, but I yeah. feel like I feel like he's still got a year left in him, you know. Um, and, he liked playing for Flores too, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think he really enjoyed playing for Flores. Um and again, here you go back to these to the not the inability to draft. Um, they shouldn't even be looking at Harrison's man. Like in a in a perfect world, if you drafted a, a safety number one, first of all, he would have played last year, um, would have started last year. But now he he's a, he would be the obvious one to step alongside Cam Bynum. You keep Josh Metellus in that rover safety role, uh, and you move on. But is Lewis seen ready? I mean. You can, they can say, well, you know, everybody, uh, everybody's career moves at its own pace. Well, uh, I don't buy it. If he was, if he was good enough, he would have been in there by now. I'm not saying that he'll never contribute, but uh, I have my doubts that okay, Lewis Seen's going to step in this year and be a dominant first round type player. Is he? Is yeah? Oh. Uh, is it because? 
you know, he struggled with with the defense when Ed Donatel was here, and certainly Brian Flores is a little more even uh, maybe uh, sophisticated than that, or 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 difficult to pick up. Is is that the problem? And he doesn't, or does he not have the talent to play at this level? Well, I think he has the talent. I mean, his first year, we got we got to remember that he did get he did get hurt early in the season, like week three, yeah, year four, or maybe it's in London. He got hurt early, early in the season. He, you know, so it was a kind of a red flag that he didn't, he wasn't a starter at that point. He did not elevate in the preseason. Um, but, you know, okay, you can kind of give him that. It's this this next year when he was healthy and that was his time uh, and he couldn't do it. Uh, and a lot of it, I think, is because it is a complex defense with the, where the safeties, I mean, not only did he not do it, but in a defense that used three safeties a lot, a high, high percentage of time, uh, with Josh Metellus seeing a, you know, uh, Josh Metellus got it. Josh Metellus understood the system. He understood the concepts, the principles, uh, where to be, what to do. Uh, but as, as a pure athletes, Lewis Seen is a much better athlete than Josh Metellus. Really fascinating. I mean, he's faster. Uh, I think he's, he's, He's number one pick, and Josh is probably a mid-round guy when he was picked. Uh, but you know that's that's where this it's not a it's it as much as you want to try and make it a science and analytics and all that stuff. It's still an art to picking these guys. So it doesn't have to be Cam Cam Bynum and probably Lewis Seen starting with Josh Metellus playing his 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 Jack or his. Uh, uh, what do you call that kind of knife where you got all kinds of you know your yeah. Swiss Army knife roll. Um, well, and then Theo Jackson is, you know, he's a free agent, but you know, they, they valued him so much higher than Lewis seen. Theo Jackson was a guy that, you know, early on you're, we, you know, when you were like, well, what happens? Uh, who's the third guy? And it was like, it became evident that early on it was uh, after Metellus, like, who gets the fourth guy? It was Theo Jackson. And uh, so he's a guy that, you know, I don't know where he, his contract will rest as far, as far as the team being able to handle him, but, He's a guy that they like more than Lewis Seen. So mm. I don't know what the what the answer is with Lewis Seen. If it's a, you know, at this point you, you wonder if maybe you get someone that liked him in the draft and they feel like he's the Minnesota has fumbled the ball on how to develop him, and you say, hey, give us a give us a fourth round pick or whatever. Right. Uh, I, that might be high. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Harrison Smith still fast enough to play? Yeah, you know, I, I mean. He's not as fast as he used to be. I would. Yep. I don't know that he was ever a blazer, um, but you know, the savvy, the understanding of the defense, uh, the the ability to uh, disguise things um, like a cat burglar, as Zimmer used to call him. Um, you know that that I, I feel like he could play another year. Yeah, I think he could. Okay. But do you want to? That's the thing. Is that. I bet you if you asked him, like right now, he's probably starting to feel a little better. He's probably like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. But, <laughs> right. You know, it'll the itch will come, and and it's been unfortunate that he's, you know, he's been on some like even the good teams he's been on is just unfinished business. Like, you know, <clears throat> Zimmer with uh, going to Philadelphia and getting killed, and yeah, uh, going to San Francisco and getting killed that year. Uh, fifteen or yeah, fifteen to losing the. Uh, uh, the you know at home and to the Seahawks, uh, and then of course two years ago. 
Father Time is undefeated, and the clock is undefeated. So we're going to take a quick break here and come back with a little bit more on uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Come on back. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, big game this weekend, big game the Vikings once again are not in. Uh, I got to ask you off the top, what's going to be the biggest surprise of the Super Bowl? Taylor and Travis get engaged in the field or Taylor endorses Trump? What's what's the bigger thing happening? Biggest uh, surprise at the Super Bowl this year. Are you hearing that she's endorsing? I don't think. No, I'm not. I'm being totally sarcastic. I don't think Taylor is as popular as Taylor is. She's going to pick a side. She, if she picks a side, either way, she'd be uh, really, and certainly that side we would hurt her. Uh, I think all the Swifties want her to get engaged in the field after the Chiefs win the big game, and, and she she may have had a big game last night in the Emmys. She won her thirteenth Emmy Grammy. I'm sorry, Grammy Awards, and uh, she was pretty excited about that. And she won. Was, Travis in, was he in the Was he in the attendance? He, he was not. He was not, and that was the plan. He's he's got to practice for the Super Bowl, Mark. Well, both, both had their Super Bowl this week. He could have flown in. He could have flown in. Yeah, he could have. She's going to be flying from Tokyo to get to the game on Sunday. Apparently, yeah. I did but miss. Uh, I did miss the Pro Bowl, the uh, flag football game. So I don't know. I, I have no I idea. A good chunk of it. I have no idea. Well, you know, I've. Well, you know, uh, Eli beat beat uh, Peyton again. Last minute play, they had a they had a throw into the end zone for for Peyton to win it, and uh, uh, some I can't remember who made the play. Some defender broke it up with a, a nice uh, jumped in front of the receiver. You know, I I over the years I, uh, I I gave the Pro Bowl a lot of grief because you knew they weren't trying. They didn't want to get injured, and I said it's you know kind of a farce. I actually think some of the things they've done since you know all that dust up about it are pretty decent i i you know they've got a bunch of skills stuff brought in and and the flag football is fine i grew up playing flag football when i was a kid i loved it and uh before i started playing real football and and uh i don't know i i don't mind the flag football thing uh you see some of their personalities come out and you know you know it, it if they were going to put on the things and play a game, it was just a farce anyway. So I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Well, yeah, but they took the lineman out of play. Well, the lineman didn't do anything anyways. Yeah, but the linemen have uh, they have them doing these different uh, skill things. Oh, that I'm were, talking about in the flag football game. The right, lineman, right, right. Lineman didn't do it. The only only Pro Bowl that I watched in the last 35 years was the one I had to cover in when Bryant McKinney was there and he, he he went AWOL and showed up for the team photo and never showed up again. They had to kick him off the team. Yep. Uh, you know, you're covering the Pro Bowl and you're calling around, uh, you know, to uh, uh, police stations to see where your where the where the offensive tackle is that maybe he might might have uh, gotten in trouble. Um, but you know, whenever he and then he you know, then I actually watched that game and I'm like, but why wouldn't he? Because <laughs> they kind of just stand there that there, nobody's right. sacking the quarterback. Uh, I guess they do have to technically tackle, but I, I always you know they replace it with the. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Before someone goes up, hey Justin Jefferson, did he play in the game? No, he wasn't in it. Okay, so he's yeah, it's good for him. There's you know, but only a time for one of those guys wrenches their knee in a flag football game. I mean, yep. years ago, uh, running back for the for the Patriots, uh, uh, San, uh, I think it was Super Bowl, it's uh, like a t- touch football game on the sand, blew out his knee. Yeah, um, was done. You know, he, he was a pretty. He I think he might have been. Rookie of the year, or he was in the running for rookie of the year. That, yeah, I don't know. So you know, well, I, you, don't, I you don't want that. Whatever I mean, they do doesn't matter to me because I, you know, I'm not saying they, sh- 
but because I don't like it, they should not do any of that stuff. I mean, it's for the fans. The fans love yeah. seeing them do goopy stuff. And so, the, the stands were filled down in Orlando. Well, I, I don't. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. Okay, and that's way too much talk in this podcast about the, the Pro Bowl. So the Super Bowl, I think the couple big factors coming in is San Francisco's running game and Casey's defense. I mean, you got your quarterbacks, uh, you know, uh, 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 one for the ages on one side and one that used to be Mr. Relevant, who is really grinding his way to, to this to this level. Um, that'll be a factor. Uh, what, what, what do you think, what do you think, uh, is the biggest factors going into this game? I think I'm never going to pick against Patrick Mahomes in a big game ever again. Uh, you know, I thought that they would lose to Baltimore. Um, but yeah, it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. It's, um, there's a, there's a certain toughness to that team. We've been, you know, saying all year long, they're the most vulnerable they've ever been during the Mahomes era. Um, this is the year that they, you know, they're not going to get home field advantage for the playoffs, but here they are. I mean, they, they showed last week or, uh, you know, against Baltimore that the experience matters, uh, you know, uh, Kelsey catching 11 balls and 11 targets and a touchdown and over hundred yards and that defense, uh, shutting down Baltimore, Baltimore also shutting itself down. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, what I like about the two teams is there is a toughness there's, you know, San Francisco is a very physical team, but Kansas City is, um, and they're showing more of that physicality than they have maybe in the other years that they were going to the Super Bowl, uh, in that this, this is the best defense that Andy Reid has ever had. This is, um, you know, their running game, I don't know where it ranks, but all I know is that when they start a game and Pacheco is running, he's running as hard as anybody in the league, and he's getting, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, beating Buffalo, number two seed on the road. Uh, you know, they they uh, open up with um, Miami. You know, they win twenty six to seven. Miami was disinterested disinterested because of the weather, but you know they've only turned the ball over one time in three games. They've gotten five takeaways. Um, they've run the ball hard. Defense has played really well. Uh, but that's what I like. I mean, obviously, then it's, it's Mahomes, and you know we're seeing. You know, like we did when Brady was coming up and like we did with Tiger Woods in his prime. Uh, you're seeing history. You're seeing greatness. And, uh, and well, what about he, on the other side of the field? You got, I mean, you've got the best running back in the game, uh, Christian McCaffrey. You've got uh, Debo Samuel, who is a little banged up, but he should be getting better with the two weeks off his shoulder, who who can do so many different things. Christian, I, or I'm mean, Christian Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is, is a great receiver. You've got George Kittle. As opposed, you know, and he he and uh, Travis Kelsey are kind of a wash there. You know, Kelsey's better, but that I uh, still agree. And they got a decent defense. They got a Bosa on the defense. I mean, there are no slouch. They're actually the betting line as I looked yesterday. But they're two point five. They're uh, they're picking San Francisco right now. The betting line doesn't mean mean much. So I mean, it it I'm hoping for a good game. I, I think it does come down to Mahomes versus. Uh, Purdy, Purdy's still in the infancy of his career, and this is a big stage for him. And I would see him crumbling under pressure before I see Mahomes doing it. Mahomes, if the ball's in his hand at the end of the game, he's he's still the guy you want to put your money on. It's, it's sort of exactly, you know, when they played in Super Bowl last one I went to, uh, 2019 season, I believe. Um, it was there was a, a stop that that the Kansas City made, and the ball was in Mahomes' hand at the end, and. And, you know, he, you just can't, 
you can't beat him in that situation. Purdy, I think in the NFC Championship game was one of the better games I think he's played. I mean, he yeah. also he introduced a running element that. Uh, yeah, good point. We hadn't really seen to that level from him. Um, yeah, I think he's got the better offensive line, which the reason that Purdy is Purdy is mine. I mean, I always say, I don't know how you measure it, but it's, it's how fast your mind works. How fast is your mind processed? And then you put a good offensive line in front of it. You put a you put a a rhythmic offense, and then you put all that talent around him, and you protect him. Um, and he's, you know, when people say they're a system quarterback or they're they're a product of the system, it's like an insult. I don't think it's an insult to say that Brock Purdy can play in that system and distribute the ball on time, accurately, all around the field. To all you know, Debo Samuel is a, is a unique weapon. Christian McCaffrey's a unique weapon. Uh, Ayuk is a guy that, you know, you don't really think about until he makes a big catch. Right. Great. Uh, left tackle is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but, yeah, they, it, there's something to be said about a guy whose mind can can absorb all this, especially as a rookie and a second-year player, and just do what he does. So uh, I don't know that he'll crack. But, yeah, if, if, if you're saying which one's going to crack first, it'd be him, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you know, the Kansas City has the ability to pressure inside with Chris Jones, outside with Karloftis. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be a close game, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, but I, you know, I just think that when, when it's that close, hey, I'm going with Mahomes. Well, you know, I would too. Uh, and that's they beat the team I predicted to win the Super Bowl, which is the Ravens, and they they did it handily. and and, you know, Mahomes is doing everything that his critics wouldn't say they were going to do this year. He's done it on the road and uh, done it with, uh, you know, the defense has really helped. So, I mean, they shut down, if they can shut down the San Francisco offense, which, you know, for at least half of the games Detroit and Green Bay did the last two weeks or the last two games they played, <clears throat> you've got to look at Casey as having the advantage here. And, uh but, you know, I have a one-game lead on you, so I suppose I have to be magnanimous and take the other team just to make a a, a bet, you know, uh, so to give you a chance to come even or else. Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, I, I, I think a, you know, a side note would be I won the Vikings. This is a Vikings podcast. I won the Vikings season. So. Yes, you did. We know that. And, you know, you still owe me a beer from I me think, winning the previous think, year, Mark. So, you know, if you want to bring up ancient history, I'll bring it well, up. We, 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 yeah, we, we cancel each other out. So, um, I think when the Vikings are have a winning record, you will have, you will probably win. And when they have a losing record, I'll probably win. You've done this three years and I've won two to your one. So settle down. We did it three years, two years ago. Yeah. This is, I'm two and, Two and one right now in the Viking season, so you got to really catch up to play. Since last year, wow. Yes, yeah. So anyway, um, so you're going to take them. I'll take Kansas, or I'll take the uh, 49ers just for the sake of a contest. So uh, who's going to be the MVP? I know you'll probably say Mahomes. You know, I think. Uh, well, yeah. Usually, is the quarterback, right? Um, yeah, I'll say Travis Kelsey so that he can have just the perfect. Perfect. Uh, Kelsey, the 49ers are going to win, but Kelsey will be the uh, MVP. I think the Kansas City is going to win. I'm picking the 49ers just for the sake of a contest. Um, I was looking at something yesterday about games, Super Bowls, and turnovers because crazy stuff always happens. And, and man, there are some games. I, there was one game I saw with 10 turnovers at one time. There was one of the Vikings where 
involved in with seven turnovers that uh, Vikings had five of them against the Steelers, I guess. And I'm gonna pick a different MVP. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick uh, Trent McDuffie just because I feel like in keeping with how this 2022 draft has been, has been used as a, as a lethal weapon against the Vikings. I mean, the, this will be the the finishing touch to that because Trent McDuffie's a guy that was picked after they traded from 12 down to 32. So I'm going to say Trent McDuffie will have a pick six. You're just a uh, troll. Like three interceptions and a pick six, and he'll be the MVP. Vikings troll. Uh, so how many turnovers do you think there's going to be in this game? Uh, I don't think Kansas – I think Kansas City will – I think it's only going to be a couple turnovers. I think it won't be San Francisco. I would say I would say it'd be low. I would say a low number of turnovers. Maybe maybe three, one for one team and two for the other. Uh, who scores the first TD? Travis. Uh, well, yeah, you gotta you gotta have the uh, you gotta have the Swifties got to get involved early, right? Yep. I'm gonna say McCaffrey. Okay. Which, uh, Kansas City, I feel like can come from behind, but uh, I don't think San Francisco because they trailed. Uh, Green Bay, and then they trailed obviously Detroit 24-7 at halftime. If they if they fall behind early, uh, I think Kansas City, there's no way they're coming back against Kansas City. But yeah, I'm gonna say Caffrey, you know, scores what about his 57th touchdown this year. Uh, he'll they'll get out to an early lead and then Kansas City will come back. Okay, here's final here's the tiebreaker since you're gonna win this one this weekend and it'll it'll come down to a tie. What are you taking, heads or tails in the coin flip? I always get a bet with the coin flip every year. I ask one of my kids, come on, you know, it's 50-50 chance. What's what's it, you know. Uh, so what, tails, what, tails never fails is what they say. I, okay. go yeah. I got heads then, so we'll have that. will be our tiebreaker for this. And then you'll wow. owe me, if I win, you'll owe me a beer on this, and then I'll owe you a beer in the regular season, and it will wash. So, and you'll still owe me a beer from last year. Anyway, I'm kidding you. Um. All right, well, that's it for this week on the Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast. We uh, Thanks, Mark, for uh, sharing your insight from being out there at uh, TCO, and we've got plenty of that coming forward. There's going to be more speculation as we go forward until, until the league year starts. Uh, thanks, Mike Wolden, for producing us back there. you got to make sure and get rid of that technical difficulty we had in there midway. See, we say that now, and they won't even know what we're talking about. It'll be such a smooth transition. Keep my timeout that I, that I called. <laughs> Mark called the timeout. You only get so many of those in a season. Uh, and uh, thanks, Joe Johnson, for uh, the guy who created uh, Vikings Territory and uh, this whole uh, web or uh, website. Uh, for us to be here. And thanks to all you fans for tuning in. We appreciate it each week. Uh, big game on Sunday. Have a great time at the Super Bowl, no matter what you do and what you eat and who you're cheering for. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. And we'll talk about who won it. Until then, thanks and skull. Skull.